0: is unfuck nation Now here's your host Gary John Bishop All right, all right, all right, and welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for giving the time of your life here, like whatever this is, this next 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so of your life to being part of the conversation that we at Unfuck Nation are putting out there into the world. Because ultimately, the whole point of this podcast is to make a difference for people. That's it. There's no, this isn't designed to, I don't know, make me money or something, right? It's just not for that at all. This is really to give away as much as I can give away through the medium of conversation that will impact as many lives as possible. So thank you for being part of what we're creating here. And this week's episode is... Something I think everybody needs to hear, okay? For various reasons. But if you've followed me at all, you'll know I'm interested in a specific kind of philosophy. And specifically what I'm talking about here is ontology. Ontology is the study, the observation, the interest in being. So you are a human being. But ontology actually addresses just about everything, right? It's not just about human beings. And specifically, what I want to talk about this week is the subject of money. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, money. I want to talk about the cashola. And it's often a subject that I steer away from because it's so overdone it's so saturated and basically the genre is filled with how-to okay it's filled with how-to but when you kind of get into the metaphysical side of things right there's a lot of manifesting and your vision boards and the law of attraction and just as a side note I've met many people who are big believers in the law of attraction and can't rub $2 bills together because they only have one. I'm not saying the law of attraction's bullshit. Far from it, actually. But what I'm saying is either there's something up with the law of attraction or there's something up with the way people implement the idea of it. But I'm not going to do the law of attraction. I'm not doing that either here, okay? And I'm not doing manifesting, like I said. And I'm not doing vision boards, right? And vision boards are where people take, you know, images of the things they want in their life and they're all there like a beautiful collage. And the idea behind that is that these things will become true and real in your life, right? Again, I'm not against the idea of vision boards, but if you think you'll just make your vision board and you're good to go, you're sorely mistaken, my friend, okay? Okay. But I want to talk about this being of money. So in other words, what I'm really talking about here is the world of money that you are in. Money has a certain kind of flavor to it, has a nature to it for you. Like it is a certain way for you. And mostly where you come from is a place of how to get more of it. Like, how do I get more money, Gary? And I know some of you are sitting there right now with like, oh shit, I'm going to get the fucking existential keys to the financial kingdom that I've been after for my whole life. Maybe, maybe not. And I'm sure at some point in the future, in fact, I am at some point in the future, I'm going to write a book about this because I feel as if a relationship to money is mostly undisturbed. Right? We don't really realize that we have a relationship to money. We relate to it in a very surface way. And there are some fundamentals to money, of course. Right, If you want to have money, you should find a way to keep it. The money that you do have, you should be finding ways to retain it. That's the first thing. And another fundamental in money is to find good, reliable ways of having that money grow So keep it and find reliable ways to have it grow over time. There are many more things that investors would tell you and financial advisors would tell you and, you know, real estate people would tell you and the best way to make money and the seven deadly fucking sins of not having any money, all that stuff. However, the two fundamentals are keep it and find a way to reliably make it grow. However, we're getting to the part about money that I want to talk about. And that is the world of money that you're in. So money to you has a certain kind of beingness to it. There's a beingness to it. And without really realizing it, you've already put yourself in a world of money. So you've already got yourself operating, functioning, in a certain paradigm of money. And the thing that I've discovered with money is you're always struggling in the paradigm that you're in. I mean, I say struggling, like trying to make things happen, trying to make things work, trying to take things to another level. Like for the vast, 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 vast majority of human beings, we are in a world of money where aiming for something like this is supposed to turn out a certain way for me. And you have all the struggles that are consistent with the world you're in. You have all the problems that are consistent with the financial world you are currently existing in. And mostly what people get messed up about is that in their mind, they think they should be in a different financial world. Like that they should have... X amount of money and this house and that car and these vacations and these clothes and, you know, this nose. <laughs> this is how much I don't give a fuck. I've got enough money that it could alter my nose, but I don't give a fuck. I like my nose. It's it's the one I was born with and grew into, and it's it's kind of big, but I don't care. But I digress. I guess what I'm pointing to there is, Ultimately, you get to a point in your life where you realize that the financial thing is really like the biggest sidebar. It should never really be the pinnacle of your life's ambition. However, people do make it their life's ambition. But if you look in your own life right now, you'll see that you're operating within a certain framework. So if you work in an office somewhere and you're making 14 bucks an hour, Your life is about making 14 bucks an hour. You have all the problems that someone would have at 14 bucks an hour. Your life is lived within that paradigm. And so, in your mind, you're solving the problems of 14 bucks an hour, but you're also aiming to increase on 14 bucks an hour. And it's the same if you're earning a minimum wage or maybe you're earning 22 bucks an hour or, you know, 50 grand a year or 32,000 a year or 78,000 a year or 105,000 a year. I want you to just look at your own situation and see it like you're living within a very distinct framework. You are in a financial trap of your own making. Now, we can even take this back, by the way, to those of you that went to college. When you left high school and you went to college, you went to college, in your mind, you might have said, well, I'm really interested in this subject. But what was mostly drawing you in is that you thought that was something you could win at. But even when you went to college, you were already setting up the game of your finances. Like the job you currently have is the job you think you can do. The amount of money you're currently making is the amount you think you can make. If I was to say to you, triple that amount, some of you would get a fucking nosebleed at the thought of that amount of money because you've no idea how to do it. For those of you that are my perennial positives, you know, it'll work out for me or. Just get grounded in your reality. What are you making your life about? In your day-to-day, what are you grinding up against? You might have hope or positivity, but you are living within a very distinct financial spectrum. And as they say, it's the hope that'll kill you because you're solving all the problems of the financial world you're in the personal financial world you are in. So like I said, if it's 14 bucks an hour or 18 bucks an hour or 22 bucks an hour, your aim is to get somewhere beyond that. Unless you're a fantasist and you're like, no, I swear to God, Gary, when my fucking hip hop career kicks off, I'm going to be raking it in. Look, have those dreams, pursue those things. Okay. For sure. For sure. Sure and create big and magical things in your life. But you got to be two headed about it. It's like, and I can say this, by the way, with a fair degree of authenticity, given that a big chunk of my life was about being a musician. So I'm somebody who knows what it's like to pursue those avenues. And on one hand, you know, I'm pursuing this avenue of being a musician who makes lots and lots and lots and lots of money. And you can get lost in that because you see other people doing it. It's almost like you feel like you're almost living it yourself. But there was a stone cold reality to my life when I was a musician, which was basically about 200 bucks a week on a good week. So I was operating in a $200 a week world with a $2 million a week fantasy in my head. What I eventually saw was that after about 10 years of that, I realized, well, I'm either going to pursue this thing with the music or I'm going to opt for a different kind of life, which I did. And, well, here we are. But at the same time, when you're locked in that 200-buck-a-week world or whatever yours is, right, 18 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour, all of your mind is on solving the problems of that world. You're locked into it. Listen, if somebody's earning minimum wage, they're solving the problems of how they can pay their rent, how they can pay their cable bill, how they can afford gas for the car or the bus to work or a new pair of sneaks. Or Like they are solving those problems and sometimes failing, sometimes winning, but those are the problems that are consuming their brains. And it's the same with you. Whatever financial world you're in, you're consumed by solving the problems of the world you're in. But here's the big problem. As you're giving your life to solving those problems, you are perpetuating them. So as you're going to work this morning so that you can make enough money to pay that rent, to do this, to do that, you are perpetuating that life by another week. You continue the life you've got. You are servicing the life you've got. And again, remember, I'm specifically talking about finances here. I mean, I could be talking about a lot of things that are included in this same model. So there you are in life. You feel as if you're making progress, but in fact, in most cases, People are just continuing to fuel the life they have, even though they don't want that life. But in the back of their mind, they've got this fantasy or this idea or this hope that it's going to go in a different direction. When I get my real estate license, when I start my new business, when I da 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 that's the little kind of beacon of light that keeps you going. But the reality is, you're just continuing to service the life you have. So, how do I break out of this pattern, Mr. fucking Scottish man? I'm going to tell you. I am going to freaking tell you. And I'm going to introduce you to my mindset when it comes to money. Okay. When it comes to money, I have a very particular mindset. So, for me, And I really mean this, by the way, and it's been this way for the longest time. Money is a game that I play. It doesn't say anything about me. It doesn't say anything about my quality of life. Those are distinct things, okay? People think, I've lost count the number of people say, yeah, I want to make life change, but I need money. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit. If you want to make the life change, you will find a way you will gut that thing out and make it happen. Some of the biggest changes I've made in my life, I've made with no money, zero money. Was the risk involved? Yeah, but I was more interested in the change than the risk. I was way more fascinated by devoting myself fully to this new life and finally cutting the cord of servicing the old one. And that's where the big change happened for me. And like I said, was it risky? Yes, it was incredibly risky. But I relied on my ability to recover. I know that I can recover. I know no matter how shitty it gets, I'll make it work. How do I know that? I, I just look at my life. I've made it work. Has it been nice at times? No, some of those times were really freaking shitty, like bad like really bad, and I made it work, and I got through, and there was the next phase and the next thing and the next thing. Does that also mean then that I'm running around just risking everything? No, but there have been definitive times in my life when I realized it was time to cut and run, like this is it. I need to go for this. I can't sit here like this. And when I made the cut, I exposed myself. To a different financial world with different rules and different rewards and different demands. But when I gave myself to solving those problems, well, I noticed that I had this innate ability to solve them, to deal with those barriers. You see, whatever game you're playing, you're always solving the problems that are consistent with the game you're playing. So if you're playing the 40 grand a year game, you see life in terms of that. And you're solving the problems of that. And you'll notice, by the way, you're actually doing pretty okay at solving those problems. I mean, you know, you're struggling to play your credit card and you're da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? But if you doubled or tripled or quadrupled your income, which and again, most people's idea of how they would do that is just by doing more of what they did before. That doesn't work out that way. You can always do more of what you're currently doing and probably make more money. But you're not going to cause a quantum leap in your ability to produce money by just doing more of what you're currently doing. That would require you to be different. That would require you to get yourself into a different financial world. Okay, so I'm going to give you a simple little example. Don't get wrapped up in the fucking example. Like all my examples, they're really just here to illustrate something for you. So if I work in 7-Eleven and I'm making 11 bucks an hour, I have $11 an hour problems. I have an $11 an hour life. There's nothing inherently wrong with that life. There's nothing inherently wrong with solving $11 an hour problems. But if I'm desperately unhappy with this, but I feel as if like this is all I can do, then I'm stuck. And I'm stuck in that world that that is. And it's a world. And I have the feelings and the emotional states and the moods that are consistent with that world. And I have the solutions that are consistent with that $11 an hour world that I'm in. And I'm in that world. And I'm in conversations with other people that are consistent with that world. And I do things, my pastimes, my hobbies, my Vacations or lack thereof are consistent with that world. I dress in a way that's consistent with that world. I eat in a way that's consistent with my $11 an hour world. All right, but let's say I'm looking over here at this other world where there's somebody who makes a million dollars a year slinging condos in Miami and I'm Hustling real estate deals. And I make a million dollars a year. Does that make that person smarter than me? No. Maybe more informed than me, but you know, I can get informed. And I want you to get, you can get informed. Already, you might even be resisting that. Well, that seems complicated. Well, it might be, but you could solve that. But that person who's over there making a million a year selling condos in Miami their life is filled with the problems of a million dollars a year, of generating that kind of income. They're not worried about the same things that I'm worried about my 11 bucks an hour. They have different worries. In fact, the stuff that's on my mind isn't even on their radar and vice versa. But from here with my 11 bucks an hour, I'm looking at them thinking, I can't do that. That's too much. It's too." big for me. And what I want you to realize is no, you have the capacity to operate in different financial worlds, different financial paradigms, but not while you're servicing the one you're in. So how do I do it, Gary? Do I just stop doing what I'm doing and start doing real estate? Well, maybe, but if I use that example, right, the two different worlds that people are in, It's not a case of getting from this world to that world. They're both locations. And I don't mean geographical ones. I mean ontological locations. When you're located in the middle of something like that, you're faced with all of the issues, the items, the problems, the challenges, and you give yourself to working with them, to overcoming them, to solving them, then you're successful in that world. And that might require you to get more information, like I say, to become more informed. But it doesn't require you to, you know, reinvent your character or something. This is a simple question of information. And it might take you five years to get that informed. Or it's seven years or ten years to get that informed. But for you to sit where you are right now or for me to sit where I am in my $11 an hour situation to say, I could never do that, is horseshit. Everybody's a genius when they're talking about what they know. You know something, you're a genius about that thing. Do you really know it? Then it's just a question of knowing it. How do I get myself to know it? Well, from my $11 an hour perspective, I might say, well, I'm going to start devoting about 20% of my time, my life, to learning more about that. And then there might come that point when I'm really understanding it and I'm really starting to see, like, this is how you do it. And I've done the real estate test, but I'm still doing my $11 an hour thing. My life is overloaded, but I'm solving two problems now. I'm solving the problems of my $11 an hour life, but I'm beginning to solve some of these issues over here at this million dollar lifestyle. Like, I'm beginning to, break down some of those barriers that were there for me before. And again, don't get hooked on the example here, you guys, okay? Get the notion of two different worlds and how I'm starting to kind of breach another world for myself. Why do I want to kind of start doing that? Because I want to locate myself over there in that world. And that's when you come to the point where you're just going to cut the cord, you're going to go for it. Because some of this shit, you know, the only way you can learn it is by doing it. I'm not going to pursue $12.50 an hour or $14 an hour. I'm saying, no, I'm going to locate myself over here. And as challenging and uncertain and as exposed as that is, I want to be in that world. I want to give my brain to solving the items and issues of that world because I'm realizing that solving the items and issues of the financial world that I'm in isn't getting me where I want to be. And so I tend to see finance, you guys, in terms of worlds. I'm in a 50 grand world. I'm in a $200,000 a year world. I'm in a $10 million world. And when I give myself fully to being in that world, I realize there are masses of obstacles that I need to handle in that world. And the more that I embrace that approach to finances, the more I see it's really just a case of locating myself in certain places mentally. I'm not locating myself geographically, although I might. But I'm saying, well, if I'm out to engage with life from the perspective of, let's say, $2,000 a week that I got to make two grand a week or four grand a week or whatever your number might be, where do I start? Which is a brilliant question to start with. But then you would start seeing, like, well, here's all the things I could do, and here's all the things I couldn't do, and here's what I'm up against. And here's uh, this might take me two years or four years, or, but I start to open up to a different world. I might have to start dressing differently. I might have to start speaking differently. I might have to engage with people who are already in that world and ask them questions and find out. And if there's, you know, maybe courses I need to take or qualifications I need, but I start to put myself in that world. So you have to realize that whatever you're doing with your life right now financially, you are giving all of yourself, all of your brain to solving the problems of the world you're in. If you want to transform that, if you want to blow the doors off that, you have to really start lending yourself to the notion that you could be existing in a whole other kind of world financially. And he started to deal with the real issues and problems that exist there. And started to look at like, well, what would I be confronting? Instead of being confronted by the idea of my car payment every month, I might have to get confronted by the idea of a massive mortgage payment or business investments. And if that seems all complicated to you right now, then, then yeah, but so what? Get informed. Start today. Start getting interested in the world that you're out to exist in and start to deal with, like lend yourself to, give your brain to, solving some of those problems and making that world a little more real for yourself every day. Can't say that loudly enough. Every day. And I'm telling you, you guys, in most cases, it's just get more informed. Geez, I mean, one of the great things about the internet and YouTube and places like that is there's so much free information out there. I mean, my God, you know, if you want to become a pilot, if you want to get any real estate, you want to start a business, somebody somewhere has got a YouTube channel that addresses just that. So you would start to invest time and brain power into the world, the financial world, that you want to get yourself located in. And like I said, at some point, as that information grows, as that sense of knowledge grows, you'll see there's, you're either going to do it or not do it. But that, my friends, by the way, cutting that cord, that could be a whole other episode on its own. What I want you to take from this week's episode is you are currently existing in a financial world that you're either perpetuating or you're just maintaining it while breaking down the barriers to get yourself in another one. All right, you guys, I'm going to take a little break. We're going to come back with our question from the nation this week. As usual, if you want to participate in a future show, 646-450-3203, leave me a voicemail. Go to unfucknation.com and fill out the form and give me your question, your comment or your suggestion or send me an email. Connect to garyjohnbishop.com is the email. All right, so... We're going to be back in a moment. I got a great question this week from The Nation. I'm so blown away by you guys. You give me so many great places to start conversations from. So I'll be back in a minute. Hang in there and uh, listen to this. The part of the show where we open it up to the nation. Before I give you the question that I got from from a member of the nation this week, I I got so many freaking great questions this week that this was really challenging to pick this question, okay? I got a lot of really powerful ones. But before I get too deep into it, I want to point to something that I don't know if you've ever noticed about this podcast, which is this isn't an interview-based podcast, okay? which most podcasts are, I get requests weekly, like many requests every week from people wanting me to be on their podcast, which is fine, you know, and and where I can, I do it. I'm not doing it right now because I'm writing a book. I don't have the kind of bandwidth to do interviews right now, but there are no interviews on Unfuck Nation. I'm not saying there will never be interviews. Here's what I'm saying. They'll be rare, very, very rare. Okay. I have a very famous sports star who wants to be on the nation. And so I'm talking to him about that. And we'll see, you know, it might happen, it might not. It's really got to be in service of you. So I would only interview somebody in service of you. But other than that, my commitment is to keep this as interview light as possible. There's only fucking so many questions you can ask somebody about their story and how they became the way they are, you know. I feel as if it's a little bit tired, to be honest. Anyway, let's get into this question. And this question actually speaks to a number of emails that I got this week that I think tie into this. And as usual, when you listen to somebody's question, you got to listen to it from the perspective of your own life, not the circumstances of this person, but really where they find themselves and why they have the problem they have and the nature of that problem and how it might apply to you. But this really speaks to how Unfuck Nation is just spreading across the globe. Okay, and it really is. Like, we're such a fast-growing show. But this is from Vitor. Okay, Vitor Pereira. And Vitor says, Hi there, my name is Vitor Pereira. I'm 41 years old. I'm sure you get a lot of emails. So it is possible that you don't answer me, but fuck it, I write you anyway. Love your books, just started your podcast, and I just love the way of talking very honest, direct, without all the flowers that all those superficial people do. (laughs) My story is that I come from Portugal. My life was not going well, going job to job, small contracts, and then I got the chance to come to Germany. I am a gardener, and I've been here almost 10 years. In Germany, right? It was funny and very hard at the beginning, but I was evolving and getting better at my work. I met my wife, and we now have a child that was not planned, but she's the love of my life. The problem is, I don't like it here. Besides the work, it's a shit life. Good money, but less life and friends. I want to go back to Portugal and open a new business there. And I just know it's gonna work. There's no doubt in my head. The thing is, my wife and I are not together anymore. And the only thing keeping me here is my little girl. So I feel like I'm in limbo. I really wanna go, but I can't leave my little girl here in this place where everybody judges you just because you have dark hair, and a Portuguese name. He says, I don't know if you can help me. Maybe help me get a different angle on this, but I just thought I'd write anyway. All right, Vitor, thank you for your question. It's a great question. And it's a great question because I think it applies to many, many people find themselves with an either or situation in life. So where you're sitting right now, You go to Portugal, in your experience, it feels like you're leaving your little girl behind, which in one sense, you might. But if you keep looking from that perspective, you're only going to leave yourself with this or this. And I guarantee you, coming from that perspective, no matter which choice you make, you'll be disappointed. You will be disappointed. So if you go to Portugal, and your daughter stays behind with her mom in Germany, you'll be disappointed. If you stay in Germany and give up the idea of moving to Portugal, moving back to Portugal, you'll be disappointed. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it seems like you're fucked, right? And for everybody else listening right now, I want you to think of a situation in your life where it seems like that to you whether it's this way or this way, or I'm done. So I'm going to offer you something else. I'm going to offer you a different perspective. And this will be a perspective that will not only empower you, but empower those around you. So what you didn't say was what your relationship is like right now with your ex-wife, right? Is it contentious? Do you guys argue and fight? Or is it workable? Like you guys work through things in the best interest of your daughter. So that's number one. If it's contentious or whether you work through things and it's a workable relationship, you'll eventually have to get it to a workable relationship anyway. And that's actually much more simple than people think it is. Even in the most fucked up situations, people think they'll never be able to get a workable situation with their ex. That is not freaking true. I've worked with people on that. More times than I care to remember, with pristine results. There are always ways to break down conversations with people, contentious conversations in a way that can have things work, okay? So, and I know some of you just said bullshit to yourself right there. That's because you've been stuck in your private little war for however many months or years now, and you're so addicted to it, you can't give it up. Anyway, so... In this regard, though, I'm going to ask you a simple question. And the question would be what would it look like for you to have it all? I'll say the question again. What would it look like for you to have it all? Now, if your immediate thoughts went to, well, my daughter would come to Portugal with me, well, that's not going to happen because I'm sure your wife certainly sounds that way. One to remain made in Germany, and sounds like she has most of the custody. So that wouldn't work. Well, what if you stayed in Germany and maybe you moved to a different part or a part that's more consistent with the kind of lifestyle that you want, doing things that you want to do, and you could stay in regular contact with your daughter that way and being a part of her life and being a part of her growing up but that might not work for you. So what if your daughter and your ex-wife stayed in Germany and you moved to Portugal and started your business? How could you make that work? And I want you to really think about it. Like how could you make that situation work for you, for your daughter, for your ex-wife? And by the way, it has to work for your ex-wife too. Why? Because you might not be together as a family, But you are a family, whether you like it or not. So how do you make it work for you, for your daughter, and for your ex while you're living in different countries? So that might mean what? That you're traveling back to Germany for a week every 90 days to be with your daughter and you get a week with her. And by the way... You know, as well as I know, Vitor, traveling between countries in Europe is not expensive at all. You can get flights easily and cheaply. So the travel thing, financially, not a big deal. You could have an arrangement with your wife that you get your daughter every summer. You could have an arrangement with your ex-wife where you get your daughter every school vacation. You could have an arrangement with your wife where she comes and visits you guys with your daughter in Portugal and you spend together time together as a family to work through certain things that even though you guys are never going to be together again, you know, you're demonstrating to your daughter that people can still be human beings and connect with each other. So in other words, it won't be the exact same as you living in Germany and being seen your daughter as often as you do. It would be different. But how can you bridge that gap for yourself and your daughter and your ex-wife? How can you make that work so that your daughter's left with the experience of being known and being nurtured and being loved by you? And that your ex-wife even has the experience of being known by you, of being in whatever way supported by you, and that you're both committed to Raising this amazing daughter and making everyone's lives work. Is it ideal? Well, no, but even ideal isn't fucking ideal. I've been around a lot of those nuclear families who you scratch the surface a little bit and it's all just a facade of bullshit anyway. The only question you don't really need to engage with here, Vitor, is how can I make this work for everyone involved and the most? powerful, caring, compassionate, and and doable way. How can I make this work? When you give your life to how to make it work, because you'll notice, by the way, mostly what you're engaging with here, Vitor, is why it can't work. You give yourself fully to how to make it work. Shit, I mean, if you have to fly in and out of Germany two times a month for the next year, then make it work. If you fly to Germany and then your daughter flies to be with you and then you fly to Germany and then your daughter flies to be with, work it out. Use your brain. Solve problems. Stop coming up with them and stopping dead at their doorstep. Make it work. And I say that to everybody in the nation whatever your situation is, you can have it all. You can have all the pieces you want. But your mind has to be organized around, how do I make it work? When you get organized around that, how can I make it work? You're amazed you can make it work. Is it the same as it would be if you didn't make the change? Well, no, but you're already in a situation that's not the same as it was when you were married or with your ex-wife. Already, the situation's different, and you're making this one work, then you need to make that one work. And I believe I have great faith in human beings' ability to work their way through those things and be imaginative and be creative and come up with things and think outside the box and new ways to connect and be part of someone's life. You know, I used to have a job when I was on the road for 33 weeks of the year. And I was profoundly connected to my wife and children throughout that period. We had no sense of missing each other. We were in each other's lives. We had phone calls and Skype calls. And, and then all the time that I was home, I was completely immersed in my family. Like nothing else got in the way. It was it, me, my family, and that's it. And, you know, as a family, we're we're very tight. We're very connected. So just because we weren't there geographically We were there. You know, most families say, well, you know, we need to live near each other. And yet they they get together and either argue or just fucking sit around, not even talk. Like when I'm in my family, we talk about how much we love each other, how much we appreciate each other like that. So it's not time spent, Vitor, okay? This is an opportunity for you to imagine a big life and then how you can powerfully manage that life to make it work for everyone involved. All right, you guys, that's it for the week. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for listening to Unfuck Nation. Please review, write, and subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast. The writings and the reviews, by the way, are such a big part of the success of the show. Please don't back off that. If you've considered it and you haven't done it, please just jump in there. Give it as many stars as you see fit. I'm not even asking you for five stars, although it would be nice review, and subscribe. All right, you guys, until next week, I'll catch you on the flip side.